In this episode, I'm going to talk about data migration in information technology consulting projects. Let's go. Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. My objective with this episode is that you end up understanding what we mean when we talk about data migration in an IT implementation project. So to understand data migration, you need to understand one acronym. That acronym is ETLV, which stands for Extract, Transform, Load, and Validate. At every stage of the data migration, we are doing one of those four things. And for every one of those four things, you have different responsibilities, whether you are on the consulting team side or you are part of the client team. And I'm going to explain all of that. To give a fictive context, I'm going to say that we are in a context of a um, implementation of the SAP software for a company that is currently using the software NetSuite. And we are at a stage in which we have to think about the data migration strategy. And you have a dedicated data migration team made up of resources that are both from the consulting company, because you have data migration expert in SAP, and you have resources from the business. Because in every data migration exercise, the data are owned by the business and they are known by the business as well. So we are at the stage where you have to define the strategy and say, okay, how will you do your extraction? If we take, for example, on the purchasing side, you have suppliers, you have products, and you have purchase orders. To make it simple, you may have in your database a set of suppliers that exist, but you haven't done business with them in the past five years. So you might want to say, I'm going to bring my uh, suppliers in my new system, but I'm only going to take the ones with whom I have done business in the past two years or the past uh, three years. I mean, there is no set time frame. It really depends from company to company. There is just not one time frame that is uh, valid for uh, every company and even within companies that are from the same industry as well. I'm going to also uh, go back to the supplier, actually, because in terms of supplier data, you might also need to do what we call a data cleaning. So what is meant by that is that, for example, you have suppliers that have the wrong address, suppliers that have the wrong bank account number. God forbid you haven't made payment to the wrong bank account. Suppliers for whom the name has to change. So data cleansing is really both saying, okay, I'm going to take out some of the suppliers that uh, we don't need or we don't do business with anymore. And also I'm going to make sure that amongst the ones that we need to take, the data are correct and accurate. That is something that is very, very, very important. And then in terms of purchase orders, you could say in your current NetSuite database, you have purchase orders since uh, the past five years, but you might only want to take the ones that are open so that uh, still need to be received or still need to be completely paid or both. And you want to take only the purchase orders that are, let's say, one year old. And what does that mean is that, for example, if a purchase order that is more than one year old is still open, when you will migrate to the new system, you really have to make sure that they are closed. So either you make sure that 
either you uh, paid off everything you have received and paid off everything to your supplier or you know that uh, you will be in a process in which you have to recreate purchase orders after the migration this fictive example that i said is maybe not the ideal scenario but it is really something that can happen so we are talking about extraction within extraction we are talking about the selection of the data amongst the whole set of data i have at my disposal which ones do i want to have which ones i don't want to have in my new system and now we will be talking about how to extract and the how to extract can completely depend on also on every software so uh, you can have different extractor tools that can be used or uh, you have the chance that uh, your software enables you to uh, just extract everything on an excel spreadsheet on a csv file etc that's something that is happening very often now so uh, the ability to extract everything on an excel or a csv or another format but then you have to make sure that as i just said format is the keyword and then you have to make sure that uh, the file that you have extracted all the information that you have extracted uh, will become something that can be uploaded towards the new system and one last thing i wanted to say about the extraction stage is that in terms of responsibilities between the client team and the consultant team is that the consultant will guide the client as to uh, how to do the extract he's not totally responsible for it he can talk about the best practices but ideally within the client team you have people that know very well the database and actually know themselves how to extract but the consultant will have a more of a guidance role at that stage as well as the in terms of the what which data needs to be uh, extracted this is where the functional team so both on the on the business side and on the consulting side can also provide some guidance but ultimately the responsibility is really with the business it's the business that decides for example uh, on procurement which suppliers which purchase orders which product they want to have and it's um, the business that can do the actual cleaning so the accuracy making sure that the data are accurate so now you have um, a file that is extracted with accurate and exhaustive data. But at the end of the day, you want to be able to load that into SAP. So you have to go through a transformation process. And that transformation process is where the consultant responsibility becomes very high because it is the consultant that will tell the client or help the client into transforming the file in a format that can be read by the target system. So in my example, the target system is SAP and we know that, for example, a supplier number, the format of a number in SAP is maybe 18 characters long. But maybe in the previous system, I don't know it, so uh, don't take it as true. It's completely fictive. Let's say that the format of the supplier number in NetSuite is 24 characters. So what it means is that for sure you cannot just transpose the same supplier number that you have towards the new system. And in general, the best practice actually with numbers is that every data starts to have a, a whole new numbering with the new system. And if it is possible to have a, a kind of number range that looks similar to what was in the previous system, yes, you can do it. It's easier for uh, user adoption, but in general, you really take a new paradigm and uh, you just have completely new numbers. However, you can store those old numbers in certain fields. And that is where, again, the format of the previous system. So if the number has, a, let's say, 24 characters long, you have to make sure that the field that you will use to store the old number also be at least 24 characters long. As I was talking about extraction tools, there are also transformation tools and transformation rules that you can uh, write and try to program. 
in a project in which SAP, for example, SAP Data Services was using. I was not per se the Data Services Consultant, but I was using it. You also have transformation that can be done manually. That's usually the most painful way of doing it. But sometimes you may have uh, no choice because, for example, I would take like date format or number format. So uh, all the thousands with uh, commas and uh, decimals start with point. The date, is it uh, day, month, year? Is it year, month, day, etc.? So usually it should not depend on the system. It depends more on how the company is working. But sometimes just because you, you switch off system, you might uh, also switch on some of the dating format. And the work of transformation, really the responsibility is a lot on the consultant side. So only the consultant knows he's supposed to be an expert is as to how to do the transformation and also on what needs to be uh, transformed. But that does not prevent the good practice to also share that knowledge with the client so that the client, in case of problems after the load of the data, maybe the client can also help in identifying the root cause of an issue. So here we have talked about extraction and transformation. And now we talk about loading. So loading the data. And for loading the data, you also have tools that enable you to do that, for example, with SAP, but also with other softwares. So sometimes it's just a simple upload on some softwares. Some other softwares, certainly like SAP, there are some rules to follow, some methods can be chosen, some steps to follow to do it. But the responsibility is 100% on the consultant or the data team of the consulting side. They have to load the data in the new system. And what happens very often, if I take again the example of the supplier, you don't want to see in your what is called the productive system, the system in which we are actually executing our operations. You don't want to see that on the 1st of January 2020, 22. It was employee XYZ of a consulting firm uh, ABC that has created the supplier. So very often you would have a some kind of um, dummy or generic uh, user ID that will be creating the data from the creation date, but also by the username, you understand that it has been done as part of the implementation project. That is a detail that is very important, even for legal reasons. I'm not saying not in all cases, but in some cases, for legal reasons, you cannot let people that are not your employee creating new data in your database. As you know, it can be very sensitive. We talk about maybe the address, the bank account details of a supplier, the name of an employee, etc. So we have talked about extraction, transformation, load, and now validate. And on the validate, the responsibility lies more on the client side, but the client absolutely needs guidance because so many things can change. Even if you recreate the same data, you might have fields that have changed format, fields that had one format in the previous uh, system, but that have another the format in the other fields that were you can enter simply a text in the field but now they have become part of a drop down list so you have to make sure that the drop down list is complete exhaustive you also have fields that were not used at all or did not exist at all in your uh, previous system and now they are there so it's completely new fields as a client you really have to pay attention to all that and that has to be done with the guidance of the consultant because the consultant is really aware of what was extracted of how it was transformed how it was loaded so uh, he's a very good guide to uh, help you how to validate because he knows how the target system works and to do the validation it's very good when you have a, uh, a huge volume of data we'll talking about tens of thousands, millions of data, it's very good if you have files or reports that tell you what could not be created, what has been created, or what is different from uh, what was in the load file and uh, what is in the validation file. That is something that is very good. But another thing that I usually advise is to also look directly into the target system, take a sample of the data or try to take a snapshot of all data and see how they look like as well. Be 
because it can happen that on an Excel file, certain information, a certain number appear as good, but does not look good at all in the system. Or you could have names. Uh, for example, my first name has an accent. So uh, you have uh, specific formats with uh, accents, etc. that might not be read properly by the system, even though on an Excel, it looks good and the other way around as well. Something may not look good on Excel, but it's actually good in the target system when you log into the system. So this exercise of doing a data migration and having a data migration strategy, it's really something that takes time and that requires a high level of collaboration from different teams and different departments. And you're not in total control actually on the result because there is one rule that is often said in the data migration world is uh, garbage in, garbage out. So if your data are not accurate or not good, you will actually not have good data automatically just because they change of software. A data that is not good in the previous software will not be good on the new software anyway. And you have to make sure that you avoid that risk. And that risk doesn't stop just because you have made the implementation. That risk continues afterwards. And to avoid mistakes to happen after the data are loaded in the target system, you have to put in place some data governance processes. And by data governance processes, I mean that uh, you have designated data owners, people that are responsible with regard to the accuracy when the improvement of the data you put procedures to approve a change or a creation of new data. So uh, new suppliers, uh, new employees, purchase orders, maybe it's a bit different because it's very transactional. But you try to have data governance really on uh, data that are static in time, which leads me to make a distinction between two types of data. You usually have master data or transactional data. Master data is something that is pretty permanent, stable over time. So your supplier, the supplier doesn't change name every week, doesn't change address every week. Fortunately, it doesn't change bank account every week. So when you create a supplier, it's pretty permanent. It's a master data, a supplier, a customer, a product, an employee. So these are data that are pretty static over time. Then you have transactional data. They are the result of a transaction. And we talk about sales orders, purchase orders, purchase requisitions. I think, I think that's all. I mean, uh, that's the main ones that, that are coming into my mind. But uh, that's the big difference between master and transactional data. And when you do data governance, you usually first take into account the master data, but you can also put procedures about transactional data. So in conclusion, I think data is very underestimated, underappreciated, rarely loved. It's rare to see people that are keen on doing a data migration or uh, doing a data management in a uh, project, but it's key because without accurate data, you can't accurately execute your processes. You can't execute your operations. Also, you can't do proper reporting. And that is something that is very important usually for management. If your data is, are not accurate, when you aggregate those data, when you aggregate something that is not accurate, it does not become uh, magically correct. So your reporting, it is not possible to do it. And data is one of the main indicators to uh, determine the health of your company because your data are accurate. You know exactly what is your uh, revenue. You know exactly what are your costs. You know exactly what is your number of uh, orders, etc. So it's really important to determine the health of your company. And I want to say that as a consultant, you can make a career in uh, data management and doing data migration in information technology projects. It is something that is required in every project and it is not a skill that uh, a lot of people have. So uh, I believe that is a valuable career to uh, pursue. And also it is something that uh, progress over time because tools themselves progress over time. So you actually learn uh, new things. And also by doing data, you actually have a view on uh, all the processes that are used across the company. So this is what I wanted to say about 
data migration in information technology project. This episode is a little bit more technical than usually, but I like to dive a bit deeper into that so that I'm pretty sure that you as a listener, now that it is the end of the episode, you come back with more than what you knew before when we talk about data migration. So keep in mind that magic acronym ETLV. So thank you very much. And we talk again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogène Tirandekoura.